just like the sand in the hourglass, so is the days of our lives. And I swear my hourglass is broken because somehow it is already March 2023. But broken or not, I'm Dana. And I'm Megan. And this is Scary Stories to Tell Your Sister, the March Campfire Edition. Thank you all, even though my voice is weird still, for waiting patiently, Laura, some of you have vocally expressed impatiently for our return as I recovered from my sinus infection turned ear and respiratory infection, but hopefully it was worth the wait. I mean, I hope so. Right, Megan? You've been good? Yeah. Yeah. I think I have an ear infection now. Oh, it's the worst. It is. I don't know if it's ear ear infection or sinus issues or if it's just because the pollen where I live right now is literally out of control. I've heard some things from people in Florida being like, it's the worst right now. Oh, really? Yeah, it is. And meanwhile, we're going to get like a foot of snow tomorrow. What? Yeah. That's, oh, speaking of which, I'm going to put my foot on. Do not disturb? Yeah. Oh, you have to do that. Oh, oh my God. I do too, actually. Hold on, everyone. We were, before we recorded, we were basically having a sister fight (laughs) for good reason. Because we were both feisty. It's late, guys. It's it's just, you know, it's late. It's a Friday, you know, when you're like fried from the crap, when you're fried (laughs) from the week. I'm like, can I'm not, oh my God, I can't even speak. I'm trying to put my phone on silent. And put my screen on, like, on all the time or whatever so it doesn't have a timer. But instead of doing that, I'm connecting my Bluetooth to something. Now you know. With my headphones, Megan got mad because I don't even know where my headphones are. But every time I pick up the phone, it will start on my phone for, like, five seconds. And then immediately go to my headphones. So I won't know until I'm talking to the person. It is so annoying, guys. It is so (laughs) annoying. She's like, hello? 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 <laughs> and Maggie just hangs up and I'm like, fine, I won't try to solve this problem. Oh my God. But guys, this is not the first time. It is not the second time. It is maybe the third or fourth time. Yeah. And I, and like I said, it's late. It's like almost 11 o'clock. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. But uh, I'm, I'm done, but I'm also ready. Yeah. And it's funny because I was like, well, we can do it tomorrow. Megan's like, no, do it tonight. So, I mean, I think the time away (laughs) gave us some time to rest and recover both like physically and I guess like in a stress and daily grind kind of way. But I feel like recording at this time and date has made all of that rest and recovery kind of go out the window. But, But it's fun. I'm happy to be back, and I'm happy to be back with a campfire episode because those, those are always kind of off the rails as it is already. And for those of you just joining us, the campfire episodes are the first of the month where, unlike our regular episodes, where we're both surprised by the topic and the story of each other's choosing, in the campfire episode, 
one of us chooses a topic and we both research the stories that fit said topic. So there's still that surprise element, but with a twist. And today is my first time choosing. And she picked a good one. I did. And as you often know, when I record from my place, I'm more than not accompanied, often accompanied by my jingle jangle sweet boy, baby boy, Ferris. And he is the inspiration for this topic this week. And weirdly enough, he showed that to us tonight before we recorded. Really? Our topic this week is animals and their connection to the paranormal. Because many people say that animals can sense things and see things that we can't. And that is why this, the basis of this month's topic is that. So I think it's such an interesting thing, especially because <laughs> in the middle of quarantine, Abby and I used to do our like dates and outings would be sometimes to pick up food and sit in a cemetery and have dinner there. In the car. And ours, it'd be Taco Bell and this certain cemetery. And so we wanted to recreate that for some reason tonight. So we went to a different Taco Bell, one closer to our house, but there's not really one like super close. It's like close to the drive through was like 25 minutes away. So we did that after work. We had Ferris with us for the first time and we had his dinner in the car with us as well. And we found the Taco Bell. We got the food. And I put in Google Cemetery Nearby. And it was already nighttime at this time. But there was one like five minutes away from where we got our food. So we pull in. And obviously it's just us. And we put Ferris's food out in the back seat for him. And we're eating and we're talking and we're doing like questions back and forth. Like just fun little like shooting the breeze type things, you know, like if you could be this or that, what would you choose? Or if you could like a question, like if you could rewatch something for the first time ever or reread something for the first time ever, what would you choose? So we're doing things like that. It's great. And all this. And then Abby goes to give Ferris his water. And we have a little like pop up bowl for his water. So we travel, like, to do hikes or that. We can have water on the go in a little bowl for him. And she's pouring it. And he comes to the front seat. He's like, oh, you're pouring it now. I'll just drink it from your hands in the bowl. So he's doing that. And all of a sudden, he stops drinking. And look. So I'm in the, I'm in the driver's seat. I was in the passenger seat. And Ferris, like, looks over her shoulder towards, like, the darkened cemetery. And, like, the tree line over there comes of stairs. And he's like, oh, we got to stop that. I don't like that. And then he drinks a little cup of water. And then he stops again. And he looks up. And Abby's like, I need you to stop. Right. (laughs) I don't know what you're seeing. I don't like. And all of a sudden, Megan, he starts this low bark. (gasps) And Abby said, that's it. She says, I'm white, but I'm not that white. She's like, I'm not buckled. You're not buckled. He's not buckled. Start going. So I'm like, okay. And I don't have like my shoes on because I took them off because my toe was bothering me. So I started driving out of the cemetery in my socks. Dana, what would you do if you couldn't go anywhere because there was 
a large man, very tall, standing in front of you with his head bowed down. And a large man standing. Abby said she, Abby heard you from the other room and said, I'd be. <laughs> well, did he just appear in front of me? Because I had my lights on. So how did I not see him coming up? Well, that's not for me to know. He's there now. Well, then I bang in reverse. No, you didn't let me finish. Oh. There's another man behind you, very tall. Okay. And head bowed down. Wow. They're going to be bowing down when I plow them down. (laughs) Would you? I would be like, I'd honk, 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 and try to inch. I'd do like a 30 point turn. 30 point turn. Oh my God. But I'll keep coming real close. But no, literally, and I asked at 20 that you, you went immediately to like something scary because I immediately asked because like, we literally, we, bu- we buckled up as we were leaving and I pulled over to the first side road and we buckled Ferris up. So like he has a harness on and we have a harness, like a carabiner tether thing. It's made I hate for that a- word. I hate that word. Tether? No, carabiner. Oh. <laughs> so we have one of the carabiner made for dogs tether things that goes into the seatbelt so he's secure so don't worry we, we t- pulled like the first side road which is like a second away and buckled him in but i said to abby immediately once he was once we were like out of the line of the cemetery so what would you do if when he started barking you heard tapping on your window Ooh, dana that's even scarier right and then the person no there's no you don't see anyone oh you hear tapping, and then it gets like more incessant, more incessant. Oh no! Right? I was gonna say, what if you heard tapping, and there's a person at your window, a little woman, a little woman. Yes, she's a woman, but she's like smaller and old, and she's like looking in your window. Hold on one second. Raymond is so kind, and he's giving me tea. Abby, give me tea. Um, so anyways, well, sorry, he just slammed. What was I saying? Oh, the little woman. So the little woman is at the window. She's older. She's tapping on your window. She doesn't say anything, but she points her finger like up and down, like roll down your window. So then I would roll it down like a. I wouldn't roll it down at all. Not at all. I've decided that. I've decided that. I have, because I think about it. I do think about that. Like, if somebody were at my window, would I roll it down if they asked me to? But I can hear just fine the window up. So we'll talk through the window. We can talk through. When you said little woman came through, immediately my head was like, and then she opens her mouth, and it just keeps on opening. It's the black maw. And we was like, stop scaring yourself. Oh, my God. That is uh, no, and then I also said, what if you saw in the foresty woods area where the cemetery, you saw a shadow kind of thing, like, go by. Like a breathe of it. Ooh, so. that would be creepy. But right. that would also kind of excite me. So I don't know. If it's like, Megan, you don't understand. Well, I'd be like, what was? I, Abby, Abby and I were a good team because she said, we go. And I said, we got it. We left. Oh, I did yeah. not linger. I said, no, he barked. We're done. Oh, that for sure. That I would leave. If my dog mm-hmm. were barking at nothing, 
Bye. Bye. Yeah. So, you know what, Megan? What? Let's let's see what some of the stories we have today. (laughs) Dogs and cats. And I have some other animals that you don't normally think of reacting. So would you guys do the honors and start us off? Sure. Sure thing. Danny, can we pause for one second? Yeah, go ahead. I have to wash my hands because there's like honey all over the, the handle. Oh, you don't, you don't want sticky fingers? I can't. I just cannot. I'm too bad. Danny, never responding to mom's video that I sent you. That I, you watched it, I watched it five times. Oh, okay. I die laughing. I do not understand it. If we keep this in, my my mom, just my mom, right? Our mom went to the dentist today to get some dental work done, obviously. And she came back with a large piece of gauze in her mouth. And it affected the way she was speaking, especially her S's, which is something I know very well with my list that lingered on from childhood. And I made Megan record her saying, it's better to be safe than speedy. <laughs> Something Abby and I say all the time. It's a quote from New Girl. And Megan recorded it for me. It's my favorite thing I have ever seen. I watched it like five times already. She sent to me like 10 minutes ago. I have a confession. You told me to record it when I was with her earlier today. And... You made her record it herself. I forgot. And so later when you texted me, you were like, two things. One, you better have recorded that video of mom. And I was like, so I called her right away. And I was like, mom, you have to record that video for Dana. And she's like, what video? And I told her and she's like, oh, and I said, yes, mom, she's going to be mad at me. She's like, I don't care. Let her be mad at you. I would have been so mad. And I said, Mom, she's like, I already took the gauze out. And I said, put the gauze back in. Oh, you guys are both disgusting. She had a new piece of gauze. Okay. I was like, no, they gave her they gave her extra gauze. So she got her little packet of extra gauze and put it back in so she could say it for you, Dana. I just almost called you mommy. I am your mommy. Anyways, I'm the mommy. Should we get started? Yeah, go ahead. Take it away. All right. Numero uno. As a teenager, my best friend would come over and play the Ouija board with me. No, thank you. Uh Uh-oh. One day, we decided to play at his house, and we summoned the spirit of a little boy named John. We thought nothing and ended the game. My best friend walked me home. When we got to my place, we decided to play again. We did this outside. My dog, Lucky, joined us, laid at my feet while we played, while we summoned a spirit. God damn it. We asked her his name and we started to spell. I thought he was going to spell J-E-L-L-O. That's how it got him. <laughs> But it did not. It's spelled J-O-H-N. John. Right when we were at the end in John. Lucky jolts up and starts barking into the darkness of a long, empty corridor. 
he goes crazy as if he were about to be attacked. No, as if he were about to attack. Lucky never, ever barked. He was the most docile shih tzu you've ever met. This night, though, he was on attack mode. My best friend and I immediately stopped and burned the board. We never played again. The end. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about... Okay, my question for you. You did the Ouija board thing. Weren't there, like, rules for the Ouija board? Yeah, it's like... Oh, the At least from the... You mean, did I play it? Or No. Or you mean from the, the last... The one episode we did where they were they're talking about the Ouija board. Yeah, we... I think... Weren't there, like, rules, like... It's like you can play outside. You can't do... You it can't said, like... Right, right, right. From the the one that I watched, the video that I watched, they were like, the rules are you can't do it. You shouldn't do it in your own home. You have to close it out. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, all of these weird rules. But it's like, what are... Some people say you can't burn it if, you know, anything... No, and they burned it. And I was like, oh, that's against the rule. I know that for a fact. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, like, what are the rules? You know, I think that an open channel and an open channel is an open channel i don't think there are rules for open channels i think the rules are you don't burn it i think burning is a bad boo-boo yeah i think so too i think it's a bad boo-boo i feel like it's like no i feel like we know better than that and we shouldn't burn things and we should be like what would you do then my i i would i ever do it in the first place well let's say you did if I did, I would try. If I'd close it out, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how you properly close it out. Do you say goodbye? Yeah, you put you move the planchette to the goodbye, okay. and that's that. And I say goodbye. I love you. And then it spells J E L L O. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh, so it's a dog looking like he was in attack mode. Yeah. I think no. John does not seem like a nice boy. I was like, bye, John. The burning, though, and the weird stuff still happened. I'm like, yeah, because you burned John. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Dana, I have one to tell you, but I know it's not my turn. Even though right, I just... You can do it. Go ahead. Well, this one I didn't write down because I actually don't have the the video, and I had seen it before you had picked the subject, but I was on TikTok the other day and I had come across a video of a woman that works in what is it called? Like end of life facility, but I forgot what it's Hospice? called. Hospice? Hospice, yes. Yeah, so she works as a nurse in the hospice center and there were two patients in particular that are supposed to be like the stars in this little story so the first one is a man who has a dog and the dog i guess is allowed to stay in this facility with him and the dog was just you know always on his bed or whatever just staying with him and i forgot what this man was dying of it doesn't matter so he's in his room in another room there's a woman who's also on her way of in transitioning and she is actually tana yeah oh i thought i heard something 
Where's the train? That's what I heard. I heard the train. I like that. I'm out in the living room recording tonight because it's late. And so I'm letting Abby sleep. I like that. Yeah. We see with the windows open. Hey, if you come up here, you'll have the train. I know. I know. I'm going to come up. But what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So this woman. the Oh, the woman who's on hospice care. Right. She is actually. She's stopped eating. So it's been like three weeks and she's done this intentionally and she was, you know, was ready. She was ready to transition. Yeah. And she was still having coffee, tea. But then one day she tells the nurses, you know, I want to do that end of life toast. I guess they do like a toast sometimes. And usually they do it think i want to say it's after the person has passed as like kind of like okay, a mem a commem- like memory like a, yeah like, like remembering the person yeah like um, us right but she i guess wanted to do it with them and so they they get their glasses and they have their little toast because she's like you know i'm this it's about to happen and the nurse that is telling this story is like even though, you know, they sometimes will say, you know, I think it's about to happen. It doesn't always happen like that, you know? I mean, look at Abuela. They told us that she had, like, any day now, and it was, like, months. Like, like she lasted for months later. Right. So with this woman, she was sure. And so she tells everybody and her family is there. And meanwhile, they're having this little, what's it called? Not cheers. What's this? Uh, toast. Thank you. They're having the toast and in the other room where the man is with his dog, his family is in there with him. And while he's in this room, he's asleep. And then when they're finished toasting in the other room, the woman lays down and she passes away. Oh, wow. Just moments later, in the other room, the dog begins to bark. And the family, like I said, is in the room with this man and his dog. The man sits up, looks out towards the door and says, who are you? And then says, oh, okay. And lays back down. And I guess the dog starts, stops barking then. But oh, both okay. of them were looking at the door and like, did anyone ask him like who he saw? I don't know, but. I think like, everybody Margaret. felt like it was the woman. Everybody mm-hmm. felt like it was the woman that had just passed. Wow. Isn't and that it's crazy? Like, it's, it's funny because, like, I didn't find anything along those lines, but it was things like that that actually started my train of thought on this topic because, like, we've heard of things before of, like, in nursing homes or places like that where there's a cat or something like that that starts to show interest or starts curling up on a certain individual and that means that individual is probably going to pass relatively soon so that reminded me of that so i was like oh that's something very interesting to talk about but that i like that aspect is different because it's like he saw it and the dog also saw it right and it's like i'm sorry go ahead no you go it's just one of those things that you're like if you're so close to the other side or or death or whatever you want to happen and you're 
more aware of that you could see more like you yeah he was he was able to see her too right right it's like you you have a closer view of whatever on the other side of the veil yeah and there's actually a really good book called visions trips and crowded rooms and it talks about like who you who and like what you're able to see before you die and it talks about kind of like this like the story that i just told you but the author is david kessler and the co-author is elizabeth Mm -hmm. kubler ross Ooh, and if you're not familiar with her she's i'm not oh she's she's the one that did life lessons on like grief and grieving or something like that you love her basically i do and this book is so interesting i think it would be an interesting topic to do i just find it so curious you know it's funny it's funny you bring up that aspect of things because that was one of the things that Abby and I were talking about tonight in the cemetery, we were talking about uh, one of her questions was, what do you think or what do you want to see when you die? What did you say? Or something like that. And I was like, I think people. And it was one of those, and I was like, you know, it's like, I almost feel like this room or something like that. And like people who were like in your life or even passed through can pass through your room again you know mm-hmm. uh, like oh, you're here it's one of those things you think about and you're like we don't know until we know i know and and then abby was like well yeah because like it's and then abby was like well like, what if like how would you explain not she wasn't asking me we were talking about like what if it's this and she's like but what about the ghosts like do ghosts are people who don't want to go to that room and they just kind of like pass through back to this like realm right like, or what if like whatever happens is like a parallel universe type thing and sometimes it just comes a little too close you know mm-hmm. that's the ghost star there's all these things that we don't know until we know you know i know i love when i hear stories of like people that are close and they they're about to pass and they end up like seeing somebody a family member or a loved one and they're like oh you know jill is here yeah, yeah. I just love that. That's so comforting to like know it's that comforting thing. Yeah. Cause you always think, no, not always, but like a lot of times when you think about death, you think loneliness. I'm alone. I'm alone, you know, and this is, I mean, yeah, this is just happening to you at that moment. Yeah. But you're not really alone if you're <laughs> seeing your loved ones or somebody there to yeah. like came and be like, hi, I'm here for you. Right. That's yeah. nice. But anyways, we can do that in another show. We're talking about animals today. Animals. So my turn. We took a little off-beaten path, which, I mean, let's be real, it's Megan. So <laughs> I, I had to know. It's like, how far can Megan stray this time around? And there we go. I'm going to take a sip of my tea because I have this vocal fry going on with. Take a sip okay. and let me get my phone charger. All right. I'm here. Okay, here is my first one. My uncle and aunt died in a car accident when I was 11 years old. They had cats who I, quote unquote, adopted. More like they adopted me after the accident. They followed me all over the house 
would curl up with only me and would meet me when I came off the school bus after school. Move on to high school a few years later, and the cats are still my best friends. I dated a girl for a while, and she would play with my cats, bring them catnip toys, and was just a real sweetheart towards them. I could tell they really loved spending time with her. Her dad was transferred to Chicago, and we broke up because of the distance. Years go by, and I'm lying on my bed, reading a book with my cats next to me. All of a sudden, both cats jump up and start meowing like crazy, spinning in circles while looking up the spot near my ceiling light. They had never done this before, but I could tell they were agitated. They did this for about five minutes, and eventually they relaxed a bit and lay down with their tails still twitching, looking around the room, but not meowing anymore, just kind of low, guttural sound. They stopped about 45 minutes later and go back to being a little more relaxed. My mom got a phone call the next afternoon from a friend who knew my ex-friend's, my ex-girlfriend's family. My ex had been killed in a car accident the night before. About a week later, I realized her accident took place about 10 minutes before my cats went crazy. She died in the hospital about an hour after the accident. At the same time, my cat settled down. I don't think it was coincidence. I don't either. Wow. Right? Like the cat's like something, you know, was connected. Right. Oh, that's a nice one. Mm -hmm. All right. This one I have goes like this. My boyfriend and I swear our house is haunted. And if it isn't, then our dog is possessed. Mm -hmm. This has happened a few times, but I remember one very clearly because it was far worse than the others. She has a habit of waking up in the middle of the night and growling at our doorway. I usually... A habit? <laughs> yeah, it's not a very good habit. It's a bad habit. I usually shrug it off as she growls at the slightest creak in the wood. But this night, she woke up at 3.33 on the dot. She growled loud enough that it started that she started drooling and snarling. She was up on all fours with her head lowered, looking at the doorway. I nudged her and told her to knock it off, but she persisted. After about five minutes of this, the TV service cuts out. <laughs> we sleep with it on for noise. It's you. <laughs> the TV? Oh, that <laughs> We know it can't be the TV. No, we can't have the TV. You hear the electricity. (laughs) (laughs) But it went out and cut to static. At this time, my dog lowered herself to the bed lying lying flat, pulled pulled her ears back, and whined. Then she slowly moved her head from the doorway to the TV, as if something was walking into the room. No. The TV shut off as she fixated her gaze upon it. I noped the F out of there, pulled my comforter over my head, and refused to look around until it was daylight. Absolutely not. Same. Yeah, I would definitely go under my covers, too. That is, like, the ultimate protection. Like, nope, you can't see me. Also, can I just say that if my dog had a 
habit of doing this. I don't think I would have him on my bed, maybe near my bed. Maybe You're so a, right. Maybe in a crate. Yeah, I don't think I could have that dog in my bed either. The other night, Dana, I forgot to tell you. The other night, I'm sleeping. Ray is sleeping. The sound machine is on. It's like the middle of the night, maybe like three o'clock in the morning. Oh. I just know it's really late. Yeah. Anyways, I'm dead asleep, but then I hear what I think is somebody in. Okay, so like if you're looking in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. our bed faces the closet door. Okay. And then also the bathroom. So there are two doors in front of in front of the bed. Closet at the foot of the bed. Yes. So closet and closets on the left, bathrooms on the right. Well, I wake up to somebody by the closet snapping their fingers twice. The hell you do. Oh, Dana, I was so freaking scared. I thought it was Ray at first. And then I see him like laying next to me. And I was like, what the hell was that? So I look like trying to see if I can see something. Nobody's there. It sounded just like. It freaked me out so bad. And of course, it like woke me up so much so that then like your body is like, oh, you're kind of awake. You know what? You might have to pee now. Yeah. Of course, I have to pee. But I'm like so afraid that I'm going to walk into the bathroom, look into the mirror and see somebody behind me. But I just did. I had to go to the bathroom. I didn't see anything after that. But man, was that scary. Anyways. Cool. Yeah. I did. I don't know why I brought that up. I don't know either. All right. It's you. That's why. <laughs> Number three. Yeah, it's me. And the next three ones I have are all from the same individual. Ooh. So, But it's different stories. which is really nice. So this one says, I have a lot of stories in regards to my horse. Ooh. Barns tend to be pretty old structures for the most part. So I've had some encounters at most of the places I've kept my horse over the years. The first one that comes to mind is a place my sister and I boarded our horses at that had pens attached to the back of the horse's stalls so they could go in and out as they pleased. The pens were about 20 feet long, and just beyond the fence at the end, the ground dropped off into a cliff that ascended into a murky, deep pond with a small, rotten dock. This pond inexplicably scared my sister and I for no reason we could understand. Just one of those places that gave you the urge to panic and bolt when you were near it. The horses flat out refused to go near it when we tried to ride down there, which is odd because they love swimming when we take them camping. The worst part was at night. It was always too dark to see the pond clearly from the horse's pen, so it just looked like a black pit. Our normally our normally relaxed horses would all stand at the very end of the pens, staring out fixedly into the darkness. On occasion, they would whinny softly at something they saw, and every morning when we came to feed, there were at least five dead birds 
in the writing area, no matter how often we remove them. Not a happy place. We moved not long after this started happening because our once placid horses were starting to become nervous wrecks. Wow. You usually, every time I hear stories of animals and them sensing something, mm-hmm. you usually hear of like cats and dogs, right? So I like that this was a horse. Yeah. Interesting. I think I like that too because I feel like it shows that it's more than just like cats and dogs you know it's like and i think like especially horses i feel horses are attuned to things too and obviously not all of it is easily explained with like supernatural aspects like animals have better hearing and eyesight than us so they might be able to see things or hear things that we don't yeah i don't even know about like obviously the the, the sight thing I know they say certain animals see only in certain colors, but the hearing and the sense of smell maybe might be more attuned than what we're used to. But like, even I've heard of things with like horses with indigenous folks, and it's been like when they talk about things like flesh flesh wanderers. I don't know what they're like saying the word. They talk about things like that and Wendy boys. Um, <laughs> when like the animals react to things like they know they know what's up so, and horses uh, horses have more rods than humans you know how you have rods and cones in their yeah. house okay they do have more rods and okay i wasn't sure about that mm-hmm. but they know even, even and i wonder if like and part of me wonders if things like that that are quote-unquote unexplained to us are things that are like literally there that we don't have the perception to see in a biological aspect. Right, right. Cause like butter can't butterflies see like a crazy amount of color. There's a there's type of shrimp that can see like oh, that's what it is. Yeah. A shrimp can see like so much color. That is so cool. Like, I can't even my my brain like our brains can't even fathom it because our brains don't know that it even exists. Right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I love it. Is it a mantis shrimp? Maybe. Is it? They're pretty. Really? Yeah. They're colorful themselves. They're called mantis shrimp? They're the ones I can see a lot, Dean? I don't know, but they can break your finger. They punch, apparently. What? Maybe that's why they're called mantis shrimp. Oh, but I think mantis punch oh they are beautiful they're like little rainbow shrimp they should be called rainbow shrimp you want me to start my my story yeah go ahead okay when i was a kid i slept over at my grandparents house every now and again my grandparents house was about 80 years old and rather spooky looking inside and out One night, I was lying in bed watching TV with both of my grandparents' cats lying on the bed with me. All of a sudden, I hear a creaking noise in the floorboard, and the door to the room swung open, slowly, and all by itself. Not weird at the exact moment, because the house was old and the doors sometimes opened by themselves. 
But what happened next was rather creepy. The door usually opened about halfway, then stopped. This time, the door opened all the way to the point where it smacked into the opposite wall. Then, both of the cats, half asleep at this point, jumped up simultaneously, and I noticed the hair on their backs rose. Then both of their heads moved and sank very slowly to the right, almost like they were watching something move across the room. But there was nothing visible to me in the room. Their heads moved to the point where what they what they were watching was standing right next to my bed. No. The cats then both at the same time began staring at me. This lasted for about 10 seconds, then their attention was directed elsewhere, and they wound up leaving the room shortly after, which was weird because they always slept with me. Pretty damn strange, if you ask me. Oh my God. If they were looking at something and then looked at me, no, I would be the one to leave the room. I'd start crying. Uh oh. I would start crying. Oh, yeah. I bet you tell her good. Thank you. I wonder why. What did I do to deserve? <laughs> I'd be like, can I close this out? Can I be like, thank you. Goodbye. I know it's story sometimes will look at things that aren't there. Well, that maybe are there, but that I can't see. And that's my girl. <laughs> I do wonder, like, what are you looking at? She's not like afraid or anything, but she's like hmm. looking at something up high. And I, I look and, you know, I we had like, bugs and stuff. It's Florida. But I mean, sometimes you don't see anything and you're like, OK. Okay, just so good. It's funny because I'm going to bring it back again to this night earlier when Abby was talking to me after everything that happened and she grew up a big chunk of her life was in Appalachia, like in that area in Virginia. And she was talking about how she had some family friends who were like generational there like son, daughter of a coal miner, coal mine, like things like that, you know, that were like in the mountains and stuff like that. Yeah. And they had a hunting cabin up in the mountains and they were like, yeah, once nighttime hits, we don't go out. Oh. They were like, one time there was, you could see something akin to the Northern Lights where they were because of a beautiful like display of lights in the sky. Not like, extraterrestrial but like some natural phenomenon yeah and they were like oh we said to step out to see it and then we heard something and said no no thank you and stepped right back out stepped right back inside because they're like we don't know what's out there we don't want to know and i feel that way with my animals sometimes like oh you see it i don't want to know what's out there and abby was like what if you made a noise or like whistled or something and something whistled back i'd be like i take my whistle back i decline that invitation for echo oh my god dana right never yes oh we're good thank you i i would leave if i if something whistled back i would leave i can't handle that (laughs) (laughs) do you know how to whistle (laughs) 
Yeah, I do. I can't. Oh. Uh, yeah, like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did a hoo-hoo. So I was like, I was remember. Does she know how to whistle? I was doing fake whistle. I like your fake whistle. Hoo-hoo. Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. So back to the horsies. Back to the hoeies, as our cousin used to say when she was little. So cute. <laughs> okay. So same, same person, same horses. We also boarded our horses at an old, mostly empty, huge barn because it was cheap and we thought it was a good deal. The main barn was laid out in an H shape, two long aisles of stalls with a connecting hallway in between. Our four horses were at the near end of one of these aisles and in a, and a couple more boarders we didn't know were in the mirroring stalls on the other side of the H. We didn't see them much since we came after work every night when most people had gone home from the barn. None of the other stalls were filled, especially not near the far end of the barn, since some of the stalls down there flooded in the rain. For the first few days where we were, my horse was very nervous. I thought maybe he needed some time to adjust to a new place, so I gave him a few days without work to just settle in. A week later, he was... Wait a minute, did you say without work? Yeah. Oh. Like, not to, not to ride, not to, yeah. So, a week later, he was still anxious, grabbing a bite of food and pacing around his stall, ears flicking around nervously, looking up and down the aisle way. I started to wonder if something was worrying him, but couldn't see what it could be. The first day I rode him, I took him out of his stall and tied him so I could put his tack on near the center of the H. He kept staring down at the empty end of the barn, nickering softly. I didn't think much of it, and I took him out to ride uneventfully. On the way back out of the arena, I caught a glance of a big chestnut horse at one of the end stalls and thought it was strange that one of the boarders had moved their horse to the crappy end of the barn when there were so many other open stalls. In the next few weeks, I kept glimpsing this horse, but since it was about 50 feet away down the aisle and I had no reason to go down to the end, I never got a good look at him. My horse always stared at that stall whenever he was near. One day, I asked my sister about it, and she said, yeah, I was wondering about that too. Why do you think they moved him over by himself? So we decided to go over to get a good look at him. When we walked over there, there was no horse. Did they move him back? Neither of, of us could remember exactly which stall we had seen him in, and none of the stalls had any evidence of a horse recently occupying it. We had walked over the other boarder's horses in the other aisle to see if he had, if they had moved him back, but there was no chestnut horse. They only had three bay horses, and when we asked them later, they had no knowledge of a chestnut horse in the barn aside from my own. Oh, ghost horse! A ghost horse! Oh my god, that's cool, right? I was like, and the other horse noticed it, right? And the people saw that one, too. Yeah. That's crazy. I like it. All right. 
First, a bit of a backstory. On occasion, I experience visual hallucinations. Sometimes I see small orbs of light. Sometimes I see animals. A black... What? Just a huge... Oh, yeah. No big deal. A black dog appears most often. Oh, God. And sometimes I will see a person. Except for the orbs, my hallucinations appear normal. (laughs) The dogs look like a regular dog. A fluffy gray cat looks like a fluffy gray cat. It is only their presence in an unlikely environment such as sparrows flitting through my bedroom or a dog that I do not own traipsing through my apartment. That indicates to me that they are hallucinations. Oh, okay. (laughs) Shortly after moving into a new house, I began seeing a small white animal. About the size of a small cat, darting from room to room. I saw it nearly daily, some days more than once. Initially, I assumed it was just another hallucination of a cat. Nothing too out of the ordinary for me. And that the increased frequency of my hallucinations could be put down to stress and moving. I was thrown when I finally saw it clearly for the first time. Unlike previous hallucinations, it looks like no animal I'd ever seen. Mm. Its body was thin and too elongated for a cat, and its face was horrific. No, thank you. Like something out of a nightmare. Its mouth contained far too many teeth, and its eyes were angry, dark slits. It hissed and scuttled away after a moment but I continued to see it multiple times a week for several months. No. One day, I went into the pantry in the unfinished unfinished partial basement and was greeted by my toothy friend, who hissed and snarled. My toothy friend. I love that. I stopped in my tracks. I knew it wasn't real. But? That didn't quell my fear and dread that this thing inspired. Then one of my cats came bounding down the basement stairs and the hallucination slipped through a narrow opening in the concrete wall separating the pantry from the rest of the basement. My cat ran straight for the same hole and darted through. My heart was in my throat as I sprinted to the corner of the basement where the hole led. When I got there, I saw the toothy creature backing into the crawl space portion of the basement. It was still hissing and spitting, and its beady eyes were fixed on my cat, who was puffed up and growling as it was slowly moving towards the creature. I'm not sure how long I stood there watching as my cat exchanged growls and hisses with my hallucination before I screeched and bolted back upstairs. Oof! Nope. That was not a hallucination, girl. And it's like, I wonder, and it made me give, it gave me pause because I don't know if you know the, like, lore and superstition regarding, like, black dogs. I mean, like, I don't, I, I've heard, I don't really know. No. It's like, an, um, and I don't know the full thing. I might want to go into it, like, in a later episode, but I think from the top of my head, 
it's like an omen for death. Oh, death. Okay. So, and I don't know how much of this like hallucination stuff was like spiritual thing or mental or physical, you know, health issues. Regardless, I am not okay with it, especially the many teeth. I know, Dana. I said, I, and I think, I think the a poster for using toothy friend, I feel like that. <laughs> lessens my fear of it a bit right i still don't love it i know it's a nasty toothy friend i don't think it'll haunt my dreams as much right it probably will i'm gonna have nightmares tonight dana can you imagine having those hallucinations i mean that poor individual yeah how can you is it is it it must be difficult i mean i guess maybe like they said in time they're able to realize which one is a hallucination versus but, it, but in the moment you can't right and i was i was the other day i was watching a tiktok and the individual on it was like my husband and i both have schizophrenia and i deal with hallucinations with my thing and my if like i have bouts of it and my i'm and, like, I take med- medicine for it, but occasionally, you know, it's a little surprise. And they work at a bakery. And the other day they were, like, she was, like, she looked down. She's, like, and there was a cookie on the floor. And the thing about our bakery is we give away examples of cookies to try. And there was a sample there, like, in the pink wrapping, like, for a customer to have, just, like, flat on the ground. And I heard a laugh. So I was, like, which one of these customers that I interacted with today was a straight up hallucination that is like handed a cookie over to them and then drop it. And and they were laughing about it. So it's like, okay, I can find humor in that, but like with along with that, I can find humor with them, you know. Oh but, yeah, for sure. But I was like, man, that just boggles my mind how you can like that like our brains and our perception can make something like that happen that it feels so real that we're seeing it right like how does our brain work and then it gets me on the um, down a rabbit hole of what if it's all of what if it's all our brain making things up and we're all in a simulation oh my god damn i had an auditory hallucination one time and it scared the schnikes out of me but it was right after like a traumatic incident so like my body was just kind of like reliving what I went through. But I can't imagine. I mean, like this, this girl, the one who gave the cookie to the individual, this is something that she's dealt with for years. So she's like learned to cope with it and find the humor in it. Yeah. As someone who has not experienced this on a daily basis. Scary. Yeah. Yeah, when you don't have, when your, your brain is telling you, no, this is happening. You're like, no, no, it can't be. Right. Okay. So, am I, do, I, do I have the last one? I have one more, but it doesn't matter to me how you want to do it. Okay. No, it's fine. It's my turn now, right, though? Yes. Okay. I'm going to finish my last one with one more time. Harshes, harshes, harshes. 
I actually have two more. Oh, good. So, sorry. Don't be sorry. The more, the merrier. I was, like, scrolling down. I was like, wait, no, there's more. Okay. I kept my horse for a short time at a barn circa 1850 on a historic registry with an engraved plate and everything. It was built kind of strangely. Wait, what? She had a historic horse? Historic? No. No. She, remember, this is, this is the same person who had the horse before, and she took it to different places. And for this time, the horse was staying at a barn that was built around the 18, around 1850. God, Dina, I just, I just imagined things <laughs> just then. Okay, can you start this story over? I'm sorry. Can I just tell you that catfish can live for a century? A century? Mm-hmm. How long can turtles live? I don't know. Tortoises, right? Turtles, tortoises, fox, like, I don't know. Like the big Galapagos tortoises? The big guys, yeah. The yeah. big boys. How long to... Galapagos tortoises live. Wow, they can live more, Megan. I thought so. I thought they were like the longest living creature. Or is that the whale? No, it's them. It's them? Land vertebrates. Okay, because the whales... They can live more than 100 years. Yes, Dana, but I think whales too are like crazy old living creatures as well. How, what whales? The big whale. Maybe sperm. sperm. No, not, not blue whales. They're 80. Sperm. 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 70. No, 70. Oh. There has to be one other one. Longest living whale. Are you looking up or are you looking up? <laughs> okay, long for the animal. Are clams apparently? Dana, bowhead whales can live up to over two hundred years old. Megan, this clam can live more than four hundred years old. Who knows that? Five hundred and seven. There was a clam named Ming. Oh my god! Look, I love life. But I don't think I love 400 years of life. Oh, do you remember the Greenland shark that was found that she was like 400 years old? No. 400-year-old shark? Yeah, she looks it. I'm looking it up right now. She looks it? I don't see her. I'm going to send you this, this thing real quick and you can see her. I'm thinking this whole thing about old, old. Ocean animals. That's me. I'm looking. Hold on. Okay. Oh, that's a pretty picture on the the cover. So pretty. Oh my god. She looks it. Yeah, for sure. She's pretty. She's beautiful. Old. She's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. She's a she's an old girl. Anyway, yeah. Abby and I are watching a thing about. Chernobyl for her science class mm-hmm. and it's talking about like wolves in Chernobyl how like basically since the place is unlivable for humans 
they've kind of like repopulated the area with wolves to the point though that like their fur is radioactive oh but they survive but they're talking about even like a giant catfish in the water and they're like catfish for a century and i said a century that's too long (laughs) and they say they've never stopped growing (gasps) that's so scary that's right catfish catfish get huge but if they never stop growing, how big is an 100-year-old fish? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They that never stop growing. Gary. And do you know that there are catfish in every continent besides Antarctica? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I went down a rabbit hole of catfish the other day. Wow. Interesting, Tina. Everyone, this is a great episode for you. Catfish clams greenland sharks and now back to horses <laughs> antique horses or whatever it was historical horses man get it right that one <laughs> i kept my horse for a short time at a historic barn circa 1850 the type with an engraved plaque and everything it was built kind of strangely the dirt sloped upward so the only way into the barn was through the, quote, loft to the big sliding doors in a similar layout to a house with a light basement. I feel like that's like a, my old place of living. Oh, okay. I was wondering what that was. Okay. Barn owls like to nest on the top and fly around the big open top of the barn. The actual stalls were in the basement part. And the only way through was to go up to the top of the barn, then crawl down this narrow staircase <laughs> towards the back of the barn that almost looked like a trap door. It was very claustrophobic, despite the top being so open. The bottom area with the stalls was set up like a garage with sliding barn doors on either end so that it could be basically a tunnel with a lost part. This makes no sense for horses, I feel like. Right? Like, what's the crawling and the... the... Crawl- like, uh, and, and the horse probably can go in there, but I'm like, can you go in the other way? I never used the stalls. They were barbaric looking with huge thick bars with asylum windows and tiny lights with wire cages around them. There was also a very narrow hallway, much too narrow for a horse to fit through. Who the heck built this place? Towards some of the nicer large stalls that also went unused, since they were so hard to get to. They had nice large windows, but still felt very enclosed and stuffy. We kept hearing sounds from the larger empty stalls. Shuffling, whispers, hooves thumping. No one else was there. We were told the wiring to the lights back there was disconnected since it was so old that it wasn't up to code. But one night I showed up and the lights were on. I tried every switch in the barn and they wouldn't turn off. I went to the breaker box shut it, and shut it all off. Still, the lights were on. I eventually gave up and left and the lights stayed on for a week. No one turned them off. I should mention that my horse was very preoccupied with this area of the barn. He couldn't fit through the hallway, but he would stare into it and try to get in. 
Those large windows that I mentioned earlier were the kind that all old barns, small four by four pane, pieced together on a wooden frame. Since they were so old, they were cloudy and warped, with drips and ripples that distorted the light. From the outside of the barn, I would sometimes catch a face out of the corner of my eye, looking out the windows from those empty stalls. There was always the feeling of being watched. I moved to this barn at the end of the summer, and being Oregon, the rainy season started soon after. As soon as the soil got wet, this horrible smell started to fill the barn. It smelled awful, sickly, and rotten. It smelled exactly like decomposing flesh. Ew! Being raised with livestock and being raised with livestock and farm animals, I've smelled dead creatures before, and it's honestly unmistakable. The smell clung to everything. My family complained when I got home that my boots smelled like corpse mud and made me keep them outside. Dana, what the hell is corpse mud? <laughs> it smells like a dead body. Ew. Versus a beautiful property with its Victorian house and barn, it had a pretty awful feel to it. Not to mention the surrounding forest that I like to ride through. Every time I rode near a section with a little wooden bridge, I heard talking and whispering, and there was no houses for four miles. Oh, that is so scary to hear talking and whispering. Every time. And then, you know, they can never hear it clearly. It's like, you know it's voices, you know it's whispering, but you can't make out what they're saying. You're riding a horse, you're not going, I don't know how fast you're going, but you're not like, you know, standing still. Huh? Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, Dane. Thanks, Nick. All right. More cats, guys. Cats, 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 cats. Exactly. All right. I used to have a boyfriend who had two wonderful cats. Did I just read this to you? No. After he moved into the old apartment building, strange things started to happen. For an apartment building, it was fairly remote and had been built next to some farm fields. I suspect it was built during World War II to accommodate, make money off of military families who had moved into the area for the war effort. The apartment was two stories, sort of like a townhouse, and had an attic. It had two bedrooms and a bath upstairs, and a living room and a kitchen downstairs. There was an access door and stairs up to the attic in the bedroom closet. The attic was completely empty. All four units had free access to it, so no one used it for storage. And I'm sure everyone kept their access doors bolted, as we did. We started to hear, on a regular basis, a sound like something rolling a bowling ball across the bedroom floor. It was very loud and very frightening. For lack of better explanation, we suspected neighbors were in the attic, even though it sounded like it was on the bedroom floor. The attic was always empty, and the dust was undisturbed. We never did figure out what it was. 
It even happened a couple of times when people were over, and they were just as freaked out as we were. The bathroom was extremely creepy. It was interior with no windows. It had two mirrors, one over the vanity and a full-length mirror on the wall opposite. Whenever you stood in front of the mirror, the other mirror was reflected in it. And there was always the sense of something moving deep in the reflection of the reflection. No one ever stayed in the bathroom for long, and I got to the point that I wouldn't even use that I wouldn't use it with the door closed. Another incident happened when my boyfriend and I were hanging out with a couple of friends. We were watching a movie and smoking a little herb and just having a relaxing day. It was an overcast. It was overcast, and as we were near an open field, it started to get foggy in the late afternoon. We all started to hear a child crying for help. My boyfriend and another guy wandered over to the field for about an hour, looking for the source of the cries, but they never found anything. Now, all of this by itself was pretty creepy, but his cat's reaction to the apartment was even more so. They started to spend a great deal of time upstairs, which was unusual because they were very social and usually followed us around. One of his cats was Siamese and was extremely vocal. Instead of carrying on conversations with us, he started talking to empty air and focusing on corners. The cats would look up simultaneously and murk in greeting at nothing. They would often be found sitting in the bathroom, staring at the mirror and purring. One night I woke up to both cats sitting at the end of the bed, staring in the direction of the closet and meowing and purring. Their heads were moving in unison, watching something that I couldn't see. Okay. No. It was winter, no bugs, and whatever they were watching was about five feet off the ground. It was, I was gonna say it was, it, was, it was like five feet away from like above my head. I was like, no. Oh, <laughs> and I said it was me. <laughs> I didn't sleep the rest of the night. Mm-mm. When his lease was up, he moved out, in spite of the fact that the apartment was cheap and allowed pets, which was difficult to find. It was just a scary place to live. It would have been worse if the cats were afraid, but they're friend was too creepy for us the cats never reacted to another house like that Mm. boyfriend and i were together for several years and he lived in four places during that time creepy at what point do you say like what's worth the cost you know yeah could you live with that though the cat staring wouldn't bother me as much as the noise i was hearing the the bowling ball the, thing? Right. Yeah, that would be questionable for me. I'm trying to think if I can live with it. I think I could because I think I would just chalk it up to it being like, it's my neighbors. Oh, yeah. Or I would think it was like maybe a creature of some sort too, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I think I could do it depending on like, I, I don't know the vibes though, like how you energy of it all. Yeah, because that's true. Like we say, oh, yeah, I could do it. But there's always an off feeling when it's something else. It's the off feeling that I'm like, no, I can't do it. It's not worth it. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to take us home tonight. Let's do this.
this is, it's not so much a single animal as a type. Okay. In 2009, I was on my way to my boyfriend's house when a large, solid, snow-white owl flew directly into my closed passenger side window. It was dark out, and I didn't see him when he hit, so I slammed on the brakes and turned the car around so I could put my headlights on, whatever it was. It just stood there in the road, stunned, staring at the headlights. I went over to it, and it just started stared into my eyes. Still clearly stunned. Then I made the decision that I can now say was completely stupid, but at the time felt so safe doing. This is Megan. I picked him up and gently and sat him outside of the road. The entire time he didn't move, just made direct eye contact with me and shuffled his wings a little when I ruffled them. He just sat where I put him down and watched me get back in the car. I didn't know what else to do, so I went the last half mile to my boyfriend's house to get his mother and go back. When we got back, he was still just sitting there staring. As we were approached, he turned, he turned to hop a couple of times and flew up into a low branch. Then he looked back and flew off. That was the first time I had ever seen an owl in real life, and I still can't figure out if that type of owl is even local to my area. The next incident was a year later and a little later in the fall, Thanksgiving Day, actually. Me and my boyfriend were on the way home from my grandmother's house, just riding along with the windows down, when there was a sudden loud thud and a pop noise from the open window on the passenger of the car. Before I could even stop my boyfriend, he was unbuckled and practically in the driver's seat with me. I slid on the brakes and got off the road and went into panic mode because he was wiping out his face, yelling, it hit me. <gasps> I looked past him and saw something with the coloration of a hop flop down between the seat and the door. I jumped, I jumped around <laughs> the door to see this little thing breathe its now is last it died. It, oh it, no! At first, I thought it was a hawk, but then I picked it up, and lo and behold, it was a small, dark brown-colored owl. What kind of car do they have? What I think happened was he came gliding across the road. He hit the rim of the window and flipped into the car. And smacked my boyfriend in the face and and died. Yeah, it's like I bar- I pulled this out of the road and I buried him. She was nice at least. From then on, anytime I'm outside, owls kill in the surrounding area and hoot loud. I've been in the city. I've heard them on secluded beaches with no one, with no perching nearby, and even at an outdoor concert area. It's also not just me hearing them. My friends who were there for the aforementioned times and then family have experienced it so many times, it's now a running joke. What's even funnier is all of this went down when owls started gaining popularity and became everywhere. We thought maybe it was just as paying more attention and noticing them more. But after a family member, an owl with me in the car. Shut up. The same. We were just weirded out. Okay, 
What is going on with this girl? Right? That is so bizarre. How time too many? I don't know, but I do wonder if like, like, let's say the first time it happened. Okay, that happened. And she probably thought about it a lot, right? Yeah. Because it was such a strange incident. And I just do wonder sometimes if, like, we play out scenarios in our mind so much that, like, we kind of attract it. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. But I will say... Something similar has happened to me multiple times. Ah. And it just happened to me the other day. Wish I wish it was an owl. <laughs> what is it? It's cockroach. I I have been so we have our cat's food in a big glass jar. It's like huge. It's a huge jar. And the last time the cats had run out of food. It was, I think it was late or something. And I didn't want to go to Publix or Target or whatever. Yeah. So I went to the little store that's like right next to our house. But they just had like food that wasn't what my cats usually eat, you know? So yeah. I got them whatever it was. And of course, you know how cats are. They like what they like. And when they don't, they're like, yeah, no. So they didn't like this food. And I actually asked Rachel, I'm like, hey. Do you think your cat will like it? Because my cats don't like it. But anyways, I haven't packed it away and like put it in another container. So in the meantime, we've just been buying cat food and leaving it in the bag and then putting it in one of the the closet where we keep the the food. And I have been constantly saying to myself, I do not want to grab this food and have a roach come out of it because like we have like these large palmetto bugs you know in florida with all the trees and stuff and sometimes you know they find their way inside yeah in my mind i kept thinking i do not want this roach a roach to come out of the cat bag or to like find the cat food and try to eat it or whatever so the other night i go and i grab the cat food out of the closet I go to pour the cat food into the bowl. And as I'm doing that, what comes out? A massive freaking roach. And Dana, I know. I just know. I know they know I know. They know. They know you love them. I hate them so much. And I love all creatures. But I just don't know where they came from. They are not holy. <laughs> they're, they're the true scary stories. So anyways, what I'm trying to say is. Maybe she manifested it. I don't know. That's a lot of manifestation of owls flying into your car. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, the poor the, girl. The only thing I want to manifest is good sleep and good drools. I know. Yes, I agree, Dana. We're going to have a really good night's rest. But before we have a good night's rest, I want to tell everybody, we are so happy you're with us listening to our crazy (laughs) chats with each other and the shenanigans and all this good stuff. And we hope that you guys are enjoying it and you stick around. And if you want to 
chat with us. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Scary Sisters Pod, and you can email us at Scary Sisters Pod at gmail.com. And if you have any stories you want to share with us that you would like to told on the show, then send them on in. We'd love to hear them. We love spooky stories and we'd love to hear yours. Yeah. And if you have any suggestions for next campfire episode, feel free to send those in too. And we'll let you know if, you, if your topic is chosen. Absolutely. And um, David? Yeah. And make sure to rate and review that we appreciate that very much as well. And until then, everyone, stay safe and stay spooky. Love you. Bye. Bye.